1: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: I'm a feminist, but when I arrived in America two days ago, the man at customs uh, was looking at my visa, and this was an 010 visa which means I can tour here and work here which I've never had for America before and he said so what job are you doing and I said I'm a comedian and he went hmm and he looked at me so suspiciously and he was like what kind of comedy do you do
3: oh I hate that the funny kind bitch
0: <laughs> I did not say because I didn't want to be <laughs> deported right, they, right, have right. A lot of, they have a lot of authority at the border whimsically individuals can send you back. It's so whimsical what happens at Borders. And it can just be down to one guy not liking your face. So that's what I thought in my head. But I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So what I wanted to say so badly was feminist comedy. And I was, like, getting those words ready up in my mouth. And then I was like, what if he does not like feminists? What if, what if he says, oh, well, let me take you into a small room and ask you more questions and grill you and say, no, you've got this visa under false pretenses because no alien of extraordinary ability would be a feminist. You know, This is what I'm thinking in my head because I've watched a lot of The Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) And it's all set here. It's all set in Gilead, which America does seem to be teetering on a little bit. Um, So I was there going, just say feminist comedy. Just stand your ground. Just say feminist comedy. Just say feminist comedy. Just say feminist comedy. And then I just went, funny comedy. (laughs) And he went, hmm... And then he just went, you're free to go and sort of, you know, slid the passport across. And I was like, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for allowing me to your country. Uh, Go save America.
4: And then just ran.
0: Just ran very fast away. Ran towards the baggage. And then stood at the Antigua baggage carousel for a full 20 minutes before I realised it wasn't London.
3: (laughs) It's genuinely what happened. Was born in America and I feel that way when I come back to Do America. you? Yes. You talk about not liking your face. If I don't wear, sorry, but if I do not wear makeup to the airport, I am not treated like a person. What? Yes. I'm always the fifth person in line. They pull me over. They want to check my hair. They want to check my back. Check your hair? Check my hair. What? To see if there's anything in it? Yes, like a drug fair, sort of thing? I mean, you know. <laughs> There has been a couple of stories of women with dreadlocks leaving, um, you know, Thailand with drugs in their hair. And you don't have dreadlocks. I don't, but look, I definitely like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't carry them. That's crazy. But you don't wear a T-shirt
0: that says I love drugs anymore.
4: No, you <laughs> no. <laughs> not have to. What happened
0: last time? You are your husband is Dutch, yes, and people do associate Amsterdam with a certain amount of jazz
3: cigaretteery.
4: They do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, I feel like I'm in Chicago now, in all that jazz. But yes, I mean they do. It's almost as like if somebody came to America and they were like. Everything is McDonald's in Times Square, and it's just a teeny-tiny... It's kind t- of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding! A teeny, tiny part of it, yeah. I'm a feminist, but I need a man to handle the insects and rodents in the house. I live in New York. Look. <laughs> you know, I went to college. I'm Jamaican and Haitian. I know who my dad is. Come on! <laughs> I can't kill a rat. That's insane. I don't need a man to do it. A man in Carhartt that's too tight with his butt hanging out. I, that dude named Joe or Paul or whatever. I need him. I'm good. I'll buy the house. I'll put 40% down so I have like very low monthly payments. But I need you, sir, to kill that thing for me, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm a feminist,
0: but last night Gloria Steinem came to this show here at Gramercy Theatre in New York City. She just rocked to the show. I didn't know she was in the audience. In fact, somebody texted me when I was backstage going, do you want to know which fancy people are in the audience tonight? And I texted back, no, definitely not. Tell me after the show. I'm only going to get in my head if you start telling me fancy people. She came to go backstage and she didn't have a backstage pass. So one of my friends gave her his backstage pass because he recognised her and obviously knew I would want to meet her. What a legend. And so she came down and she met me and she was so nice about the show and she had uh, a photo with me and it was like obviously the greatest moment of my or anyone's life. LAUGHTER what I really wanted to ask her about was um, her experiences fighting the patriarchy as a second wave feminist at the vanguard of sexism with so many amazing women of color and queer women at a time when they redefined what it meant to be a woman. And that is not as true as I wanted to ask her about her skincare regime because she's, Wikipedia says she's 85. She looks no more than 42. Seriously, is that just jeans? Or is there something that she is doing? Is it olive oil? Is it, can I ask her that?
3: When I see her
0: again, which I'm going to, I'm so excited.
3: I'm a feminist, but look, I can't do any more marches, all right? I can't. I I will PayPal. I will Venmo. I will clickety-clack on whatever. I can't. With making a sign and shit, I cannot do that. We need to... Look, white women, I love you. You got goofy. You... Don't do it, okay? As... A black woman, I am climbing a mountain every day emotionally and I can't walk anymore. Mark, Plus, this body, my tits are so big, my whole body is like the middle seat of an airplane, just touching people by accident. I cannot! What am I gonna wear? Oh my God, the chafing between my thighs, walking up and down your fucking street. Can't do it. I stay having a wedgie. I cannot. I'm not doing the porta pot look. I'm going to resist from my fucking couch braless with my dog and my babies getting mildly high. I will do other things. My ancestors did that shit. You, thank you so much, white women, for doing what you do. And tell your aunties and your moms to vote the right way. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like when I get tired, I turn into like... Burning Mac, like a tired <laughs> okay, women, women, <laughs> like, not okay. I just hurt myself for a second. I'm just like, how Jersey can one bitch be? <laughs> I'm a
0: feminist, but if I had to choose between doing this gig here tonight with the Guilty Feminist in New York City at Gramercy Theater, a dream of mine that has come true. I've had to choose between that and going to the Golden Globes with John Hamm tonight.
4: <laughs>
0: you know what? I would actually do this first and meet him for the after parties. <laughs> because he has never once asked me out after all my hinting. <laughs> and I know people have told him, oh, the girl's first podcast, they joke about you, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, that's really funny. I've heard that. I've heard that back. He still hasn't asked me out. So at this point, fuck him, he can wait.
4: <laughs>
3: wait. We wait. We well, congratulations on your journey. I really hope it works out and that you go ham. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't think I understood that. Go ham. Yeah. Oh, that's a saying we have here. Go ham means you go nuts. Really? Yes. And his last name is... Ham. Yes.
0: Okay, that needed some translation for the British person. Yes. Go ham means so, go nuts. Yes. Wow. Go crazy. Uh, so you could say, "What was that?" Did someone just say hard "fucking ass motherfucker.
3: hard ass motherfucker"? Who said that? What? I don't know. I I don't don't know. know. But the dude in the front that looks quiet said it. <laughs> so now I'm all types of surprised. <laughs> he did, he does look you quiet. Look. You gotta read the whole book, honey. <laughs> Sorry. Why did you say "hard ass
0: motherfucker"? What's that got to do with going ham?
3: That's what it means.
0: Oh, it means. <laughs> go hard, ask.
3: As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an acronym. Go hard. T- Thank, you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> ham. This Thanks for hard ask. Truly really one of my best moments of 2020. <laughs> okay.
0: So go ham means go. Okay. So it's an acrostic. Go <laughs> hard, ask. Motherfucker.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: So go hard ass. What does it really mean though to go hard assed motherfucker?
4: Look, can go ham.
0: Go hard assed. As. As. Hard as. Oh, hard as, not ass. Hard as a motherfucker. This is
2: amazing. And how
0: hard amazing. does a motherfucker go? As hard as you want to go, bitch! <laughs> I'm so confused by this. (laughs) Go ham. Go hard as a motherfucker. Okay. Live from Gramercy Theatre in New York City. the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Michelle Buteau, and we're talking about intention! It's a delight to have you here. Have you had a guilty week or a feminist week? Oh God, I can't really
3: remember. (laughs) I mean, what's the difference at this point? I want to say a dollop of guilt. You know why? I cannot stop saying the word bitch, I call my friends a bitch, I call my mom a bitch. What? Yes! Your mother a bitch? You can't call your mom a bitch. Yes, I can. Not my like. a bitch. But I'm not like... you bitch, bitch. I'm like,
0: hey, bitch. You don't have to be like happy. I can't imagine calling my mother up and saying, hello, bitch.
3: <laughs> it doesn't work with a British accent, think, does it? No! No, I can't. I'm ash. just hearing Mary Berry say bitch on, like, British paper. <laughs> well, bitch, is quite soggy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Well, this
0: bitch has a soggy bottom.
3: Yes! <laughs> oh, what I would... For Paul Hollywood to figure my croissant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood handshake.
4: <laughs> I know! Right? Oh, yeah.
0: It puts a whole new spin on that. He, he means it. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I have no doubt that he means it. He means it. The thing is, I do enjoy sometimes being like, what up, bitches? Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. gotta be like jocular.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, my, yeah. And it's. <laughs> that's the thing. Oh, my, and I feel like we cannot be so pc that we're going to be, Hello, Terry Lynn Martin.
4: No! I've known you for
3: 18 years. You held my hair back. You seen my winter feet. You seen all the things. You saw the dude I dated that didn't know how to read that I wanted to fix, like a Coldplay song. You saw all the things. You my bitch. I'm very passionate about it. My right nipple is so hard. She's the only one that works. No, indeed. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But I don't think that's um,
0: PC. I've retired to the term and phrase political correct. Mm. And I've replaced it with compassionate or inclusive. Ooh. Because it's very... When people go, eh, I want to be PC. I'm like, do you want to be compassionate? And then I find literally nobody, even Trump supporters, say... I don't want to be compassionate. Because right. they can't get that out of their mouths. Yeah. But, so I feel like, I'm sure there are Trump supporters that would say, I have no interest in compassion, to be fair.
3: I can't talk about Trump. It makes me so sad. OK, that's the last you'll hear. Okay. And if there are
0: any Trump supporters in the room,
3: you,
0: you are welcome. <laughs> are you lost? You, are you <laughs> you're, you're lost. Yes. You, no, you are welcome to change. You're found. <laughs> now, you're found. Uh, I'm sure there are not any Trump supporters in the room. But if, yeah. Oh, you are? All right. <laughs> okay. I this just, is, just took a turn. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, he, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, we're talking about um, intention. Because I think a lot of what stops us being great feminists and even human beings and good to ourselves is that we're doing things on autopilot. We're in a capitalist society, so stuff's being shoved at us all the time, and we sort of think, oh, I've got to go here, I've got to do this, or I've got to work these crazy hours, or I've got to, suddenly I've got to self care, or I've got to, you know, I'm drinking that and I'm not even thinking about it, you know. We just get swept along in all of these unconscious behaviors, and it's very difficult to. Fight the fight and resist injustice. If most of what we're doing is just sort of putting our hand out and it's just trust, eating it's trust. crisps like, because or, or chips, yes, chips, chips just, just because they're there.
3: you know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. always confusing on the British Bake Off for me because so I was like, "Where's the biscuit in the gravy?" But it's cookies. Yes, biscuits are <laughs> cookies. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay,
0: your biscuits are yes. like.
3: However you end the sentence, I'm so happy. Okay. Um, They're like aged scones. (laughs) I thought you meant my personal biscuits, and I thought you were going to be like, bring the boys
0: to
3: the bar. No, no.
0: I meant American biscuits. American biscuits are like elderly scones.
3: They're the Benjamin Button of cookies. That's wrong. That's wrong. They're nothing to
0: do with a cookie. They're nothing. They're so far away from a cookie. Anyway. And I would say the same with... You know, we go into a meeting at work, if we're working in a place where there's meetings, and we go, oh, sorry, before we've even begun to say anything. There's all these unintentional words that we use, unintentional ways that we sit and stand, and things that we don't ask for or do ask for, things that we do and we don't do. So we're talking about intention because I think if we lived more intentionally, we would ask for a lot more, we would accept a lot less, and we would somehow carve out more time for ourselves to breathe and to challenge ourselves to get more involved in social justice and create more space and time around ourselves. Most of, I think, what eats our time and our energy Mm -hmm. is unintentional.
3: I 100% agree. My husband is from Holland. I am from Jersey. What's up, Jersey? (laughs) Holland, the Netherlands is the size of Jersey. So... When he talks about, you know, we should buy what we need in terms of food, this, that, and the other, I'm Caribbean, I'm from Jersey, I have gotten into this American habit where I'm like, we need the six-foot hoagie. We need the extra of the extra. We just need more food in case people get hungry, and I just love to see people full and just, like, busting out their pants. I I want my guests to, like, feel like they're going to pick a diet by the end of uh, dinner. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't realize I was sort of living that American dream, so to speak, where like more is more and more is great. And being with somebody from a place like the Netherlands where it's like you take what you need is mind blowing. Because in turn, I'm happier, I'm healthier. I have more money in my account. It's so crazy. And I think when you're from a country that's so big the government's constantly giving you, like, these are your choices. This is what we got. This is our coupon. This is the 99 cents. And so, you know, it's trust. You just trust doctors know what they're talking about. You trust that your president knows what it's talking about. They're, he's, if he you could read. And you just think you know, you know, you just trust people. And, and I, you know, now that I I think that trust is being eroded now. that Like, massively it's, it's been. It's been.
0: So I don't it even, it. yeah, yeah, I don't even know if it was like good to it to was begin
3: Nixon with. It was Nixon that eroded. That um. <laughs> oh, no, truly. Oh, I think it was George Washington. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other show.
0: Your man who never told a to lie. But in terms of the public, you know, the Second World War, people said, oh, we go and fight for our country. And if you said something that was subversive, you may be seen in a room as being unpatriotic. Mm-hmm. And Nixon completely upended that now with news people just don't know what to believe anymore they're like well you can't trust any of it people tending to just go it's all bullshit and we do need to examine Mm -hmm. what is real we have to think for ourselves oh my god has it come to that
1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Please welcome to the
3: stage, Deborah Francis White. Hello, hello.
0: Thank you so much. How delightful to see so many of you for financial reasons. <laughs> it's a long way to come. And you know what? I nearly didn't get my visa in This show nearly didn't happen. Uh, yes, I know. That, that's how I was feeling, because I was like, I could see on Twitter people were flying in from places, and I was in London going, I don't have a visa. And I, I, the Boston show got cancelled because I didn't have a visa.
4: I know. <laughs> I... No. Can
0: you imagine how I felt? Because I said, people flew in from Bermuda. I would have had to refund their travel. I know. And some people, when the Boston show got cancelled, got tickets for this show. And can you imagine if Boston got cancelled, then you bought tickets to New York City, and you booked a hotel room, and then some so-called feminist bitch is lying in her bed in London? You would be enraged that would be enough for you to give up feminism forever would like oh I'm not doing this anymore I no longer believe in equality for anybody this is not e- nothing about this is fair um, I don't believe in justice social or otherwise um, so thank you has anyone come from not New York City what speaks <laughs> to oh loads of you where have you come from Indiana. New Jersey
4: okay well done
0: it's a, it's a schlep. Come on. Unless you've come from further than Brooklyn, do not laugh at this New Jersey person. It's a schlep. It's a schlep. You did say New Jersey, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not made that up. Anyone else? Yes? Indiana. Yes. Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Indiana. I don't know which one of those is further away. But I'm going to ask you, what's further away from London, Manchester or Newcastle? Newcastle. 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 Okay, alright, you do know. That is not fair though, because Americans normally wouldn't. Educated group of New Yorkers. I fine. Whatever. I still don't know if it's Iowa. Indiana I think I think Indiana's further away than no, I think. I think Iowa's further away than <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. I'm some kind of geographical genius. Uh, anyone else come from anywhere else? Yeah. Houston! I wanted to go to Texas, that's where Houston is, right, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Um, I wanted to go to Texas, because I was like, Texas needs feminism, and feminism needs to go to Texas, and and they were all like, no, go to the places where they already like feminism, because we need to sell tickets, we we might as well call this tour, Deborah Francis White Preaches to the Choir. Wherever the choir is, Deborah's there, going,
4: Trump, not a fan. Um,
0: So next time I'm going to insist. I wanted to go to Alabama and they said, you'll be shocked we do not have that kind of insurance. Uh, They were
4: like, no, no.
0: But I think Houston and Austin would have been fine, right? Yeah. Enough of the choir, but also maybe some room to build a bridge. Absolutely. And also, bring thirsty people water. A, I don't want to assume Houston is where thirsty feminists live. Is that, it is, Absolutely. It is. Okay, fine. Yeah, I've, I suddenly thought, is that insulting? But they, they're in the front row. They're like, no, we have come to New York for this. <laughs> Obviously, if we had this kind of comedic feminism in Houston, we would not have flown this far. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Thank you. Lo- what, what does your T-shirt say? Is it a feminist T-shirt? Oh, yes. Uh, they're all uh, female artists. Oh, that's lovely. That very very cool. I promise to come to Houston now. Just on the basis of you, indeed. Uh, anyone come from anywhere else? Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. Pittsburgh, thank you for acknowledging <laughs> Pittsburgh. Finally feminism acknowledges Pittsburgh. Where else? San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm coming to San Francisco.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry? So I've me a trip Oh okay. So oh, this is there a Okay, I'm a twofer. Your cousin's having surgery. Who flies a continent because their cousin is having anything? You've got to be close to that cousin. Very close. Really close. Okay, all right. Well, that's... What was that? He's very nice and he has a nice apartment. Okay, cousin's having surgery. He's in hospital, but he lives in the village. Like I'm so sorry for your surgery. Let me come and visit you. <laughs> Do you just remind me—is it one bedroom or two? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a view of the park, right? i the couch. You're on the couch. Okay, yeah. I'm oh, oh, you're bringing him breakfast. Okay, you're going down to the deli and yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. So I'll see you in San Francisco as well. Yes, you will. Excellent. I you're bringing a convert. <gasps>
4: What, you've, it, it, not <laughs> someone from the choir. Wow! Uh, yeah, a convert,
0: like a convert to feminism, or convert to the guilty feminist. Uh, to the nunnery. To the nunnery.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, uh, just, we should actually just say: Has anyone come further than that, or just feels they need to declare before we move on? Where was that? Atlanta. I said we should go to Atlanta. Okay. I feel we would be well received in Atlanta. Yes, you yeah.
4: would. Yes. Thank you.
0: There is one person at that show would be just the two of you. Just sitting in the front row going, we don't care about the others. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um uh, yes? Japan. Japan! We have a winner! Very, it's like a game show, isn't it? Nepal, and then and then people just went, oh, God. Japan's just lost. She was just about to get the gold to the handshake. She's just lost to Nepal. I, I, I know. So you've silver medals there. That's listen, you know, yeah. That's what you always get, or what Japan always gets. <laughs> but you didn't come from Nepal for this.
1: No, I'm actually a student at studying university. I didn't go to. Uh, Just
0: to be here. Okay, so you're here to go to college. And while here, you're attending this show. Uh, Japan, (laughs) can you counter with something better than that? Because Nepal, it turns out, is a local (laughs) who originally came from Nepal, but to study and not to come to a podcast. What's your story? did you did you come back for the holidays for the holidays family the family demanded so you're not here for me either this is
4: <laughs>
0: this is just like my sister is a diehard fan oh okay your sister's a diehard fan that's it, playing round the corner as a sort
4: of <laughs> it's a holiday tradition oh, a diehard fan of this i get it yeah yeah well Next, the, New
0: Jersey, has from here, uh, yeah. <laughs> yippee mother feminists. <laughs> uh, the producers, as is absolutely standard, they didn't know, you know, they, they just sold this VIP meet-and-greet afterwards where people could come down and someone had, to, uh, on the plane that I was on, had come up to me on the plane and went, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I just want to say I love your podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt you on the plane. And she said, I'm going to meet you again tomorrow night because I've paid for the meet and greet. And I was like, well, you've really wasted your money. Either that or this will be $50. Um, her name's Caroline, and she said she was coming to both shows. Caroline, are you in tonight? Yay! And your boyfriend's here the second night? Because she came last night she, You've come to a feminist podcast two nights in a row? My goodness, sir. What a keeper you are. Marry this one. Seriously. I feel terrible because when men come to the show, I give them so many extra brownie points. I'm just like, what? You've come to a feminist show? And does anyone else do that? Does anyone else really admire men who engage with feminism? That's just another example of how little men have to do to get credit. They, don't, they have to do fucking nothing. No woman here is getting praise for listening to a podcast. It's like when a man says, and I listen to the Guilty Feminist, and by the way, if you're here on a second date and the man has brought you, you're being duped. It happens all the time. All the time. This... A big market for this audience is men on second date trying to get laid before the third date. It's just like, I brought you to feminism and it's entertaining. Can we have sex now, please? I've proven myself as an authentically great man. Have anyone here on a date that the man has bought the tickets? Just cheer. I'm telling you! I'm telling you! No, he might be lovely. He absolutely might be... He may really love this podcast and not be trying to sleep with you. That could have happened too. Or both. Thank you. He may love the podcast and be trying to sleep with you. Before time. Um, So, not before time. There is no before time. Anytime you want to sleep with anybody, as long as it's consensual, there is no judgment from me, it sounded a tad slut-shaming, I just realised what i said. I was like, they're not going to go for that. Quick, back out.
4: Which I now sounds
0: I realise sounds a lot like an innuendo.
4: Which also sounds
0: slut-shaming. Quick, back out. Um. Our guest today is the Co-founder and CEO of Hip Sobriety, a comprehensive digital platform for the treatment and support of alcohol abusers, as well as feminist sobriety site Tempest. She lives in New York. Please welcome Holly Whittaker!
2: Hi girls! <laughs> hey. Come sit down and tell us
0: what is the feminist take on sobriety?
2: Well, I would say that I was not a feminist before I started this. And when I got sober, I think that my awareness around my relationship with alcohol and like this self-oppression, having awareness around that. And then also just when I stopped drinking, I had this idea that you were supposed to drink, that it was supposed to work. And so we're talking about intention and we're talking about things like, We just go along with. We just drink because that's what our parents do and that's what we do when we get to a certain age. And I just thought the only people that didn't drink were people that couldn't drink or Mormons or people that did it for like specific religious reasons. Like I didn't have any sober friends. I didn't have anybody that I knew that just didn't drink because they didn't want to. And so I think that when the way I got sober was by realizing I had a choice. And I also had a terrible relationship with it, but I, the thing that moved the needle for me was realizing I don't have to do this shit anymore. I don't have to actually feel this way. I don't have to go along with something that is actually murdering me and making me hate my life and myself. And so having that awareness to actually have a different, like to be able to see how something was showing up in my life and also not have to be an alcoholic and not have to like follow this like there's two paths, you know, you either drink and you make it work somehow or you, you know, can't and you have to go to meetings and go through rehab and all this other shit. And so I think the first piece of that was saying, oh, I don't have to go either way. I can actually forge my own way in this and I can actually change my relationship with alcohol. And then that pushed me into the recovery infrastructure. Like it pushed me into a system where I started to be gaslit for my decision on how I was recovering, told things like I was in denial if I didn't try it this way, or like had family members tell me like I was that I was gonna like uh, that I was fucked up and would always be like just people started to opine on my life once I stopped to like drinking alcohol and also once I said like it had created a problem for me. And so I think, like, that kind of thing started to drive awareness around systems, right? Like, the systems that we have in place to help people recover, the labels that we take on when we do, the systems in place that perpetuate drinking, and, like, alcohol is everywhere. It's, like, it's soaked in, like, our culture. Everything we do, we pair with alcohol, and we don't question it. Um, We don't question how it shows up in our lives. We don't question that, like rosé all day is like actually taking drugs all day and like we're bragging about that and so it's just I think that I don't even remember what the question was that you asked me but <laughs> no
0: well just you, you what I found really interesting is you sort of have a feminist angle on on our intentional or unintentional relationship with alcohol and you were talking about how alcohol is marketed to women in a capitalist society
2: well yeah it absolutely is I mean it's You know, cigarettes like were called torches of freedom. They were sold to us actually as part of like our liberation movement. Like you know, women that are against the patriarchy also smoke cigarettes, and so we tied up that imagery with like this. Really, that's how it was sold. Yeah, it was a PR campaign. Like that was an early PR campaign. Torches of freedom. Torches of freedom. Wow. Yeah, it was a thing that was Lucky Strike basically put cigarettes in the hands of women and got it in the New York Times. And it was an episode of Mad Men. You
3: should ask John Hamm. Yeah, uh, John Hamm, no, yeah. No. He can tell
2: you all about
0: it or an episode of Mad Men. There was one where they were marketing cigarettes specifically to women, but
2: they didn't really go into it too much. But it's that like that's marketing. This was far more PR stunt. This was like an influencer campaign before there was Instagram. This was oh. like actually working with feminists putting cigarettes in their hands taking pictures and putting it in the newspaper and then saying what? yeah like they were trying to get more women smokers and so that's what they did what's interesting to me is um
3: when you touched on um family members trying to steer you the way that they think you should go and i feel especially with women when something goes wrong with us everyone puts the shade right. yes. yeah this you know, you're supposed to be pretty and dainty and, you know, speak when spoken to. And, you know, ooh, if something's wrong, then why do you have to talk about it? That's right. And, it's, you know, in my family, the Caribbean side, at least, it, you know, the men could never do any wrong. That's right. But God forbid if you have a problem
2: and you're a woman, it's like... It's your fault you did something. It's your fault you did something wrong. So you got to think... wear that burden quietly, yeah. And I think it's also for women, there's also other pieces of this, which is you lose your agency in the healthcare system no matter what you have. And the healthcare system was never designed around you. It was designed around men. And so you take that to the nth degree when you have addiction thrown in because you've lost even more reason to be believed or to have a voice. What we created and what we do is we come at it assuming people do not have male privilege discovering a relationship or their relationship with alcohol and figuring out if they want to change it we talked about this too I've written a book and I also run a company and in anything that I have ever done it has always been about giving people information so they can make choices and supporting them in their choices and like in their paths to uncovering things in the way in which they feel they need to do it and I think like that is the feminist nature of it or the, even like just like the feminine nature of it which is the allowing versus telling versus like forcing, allowing people to come to their own conclusions in their own way. So it's really all about
0: intention with alcohol. So you could come to this uh, website and look at your book and you could sort of just start to re-examine and look at your relationship with alcohol and see if it's where you want it to be or whether you want to shift it but it's not an all or nothing view.
2: No, I mean, it's just like the way I think about this is the way that most people think about cigarettes. Like society's caught up with like how toxic and addictive cigarettes are and we haven't with alcohol. It's just a thing. And so the way I always talk about this is I'm not like ever promoting somebody to like work really hard to keep alcohol in their life. And at the same time, I'm also not, I don't know anybody's path or what's right for them or what they should do. And so everything we do is kind of in that vein of being very honest about what it is giving people tools but at the same time also giving them the freedom to make up their own mind and to find their own path and also to do that in a way that feels supportive and not shaming, right? Like if it takes, you know, I, we work with people that have severe addiction and people like some of those people have been trying for a decade or two decades to quit drinking with other things or you know like it's just so shameful to go through something like that. It is so shameful to like be told you're failing at recovery or you're failing at changing your relationship with alcohol. And so Everything we do has this intention for, you know, whether you're somebody that's drinking, you know, like two glasses a night and that feels awful or you're drinking a few bottles a night, you know, and you're dying. Like, is giving people the agency, like telling them that they get to make, you know, their way through this and that there's no shame in how they do it, you know? Yeah, because they are enough.
3: Yeah. My whole life, I always know when bikini season is upon us. (laughs) It's bikini season, get bathing suit ready, If I would have heard, you could be president, you could be president, you could be president, as much as I heard, you need to be in a bikini. That's right. Who the fuck knows what most of the the young women in this country would be right now? That's right. You
2: know? Yeah.
3: We have to lift each other up. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do know. We get sold this totally, like, false picture of what we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to put our attention. And, like, that is also a bit of our work, too, which is we work really hard at understanding why you know women specifically or anybody on the margins comes into this feeling less anybody living in this like the society is sick they are not sick they are adjusting to a sick society and all of these things that they come in with and they're all
3: we're always blamed how much did you have to drink what were you wearing that's right why were you out this time that's right it's always our fault yeah so tell us where we
0: can
2: get your book I think everywhere Everywhere. <laughs> what is it called um, it's called quit like a woman quit like a woman yes and the subtitle I always forget the subtitle but I believe it is the radical choice to not drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol and I think I got it um, a radical choice
0: not to drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol yeah something like that amazing <laughs> Michelle do you have anything to plug
3: oh Goodness. Do you have a Twitter feed that we can follow? I do. Okay. I have a Twitter feed at Michelle Buteau. Michelle with two L's,
2: B-U-T-A-U. You have an hour-long Netflix special coming out. I do. I have a Netflix
3: yeah, special. Uh, First Wives Club, we're going to be doing a season two. Oh Woo! Thank you, three people. That is more than I thought. So, uh... Can you smell me? No.
0: <laughs> do you want me to? Maybe. I have a book out it's called The Guilty Feminist it just got released in America that day Um, uh, please buy it ideally from a store that pays their tax Um, uh, and maybe buy it for somebody Um, buy it like ham (laughs) ham ham it up hold hold your ass motherfucker what does it stand for? (coughs) At high. hard as a motherfucker hard as a motherfucker and I still don't know how to use it no you do go it. ham yeah
4: you did
0: it I'm going to I'm going to leave here and go ham <laughs> by ordering room service um, and I think it is actually a really useful thing to do what's my intention for today what do I want what am I trying to get what do I really want to do what does my body feel does it really want this or is it something that it's like oh it's wine o'clock and I think Uh, The more we can get intentional, the more that we can also club together to resist uh, the current regimes that are coming up in America, in Europe, in Britain, and get organised and get together. So this is not about, you know, doing or not doing anything. It's about deciding what we're going to do and then collectively doing it and taking power and strength from each other. Um, So thank you so much for coming out and being part of our Guilty feminist Tribe.
4: You have been listening to The
3: Guilty Famous with me
0: I don't want to be the Tim Henman of comedy. It's a joke for some tennis fans who understand that Tim Henman was our big hope for Wimbledon oh, for many hey, years. Okay. Yeah, He wasn't oh, a famous overseas yeah. because oh, he never won anything. Yeah. But to us, he was like an almost winner. He oh, won the cool. semifinals
3: once, you know. He's the Lance Bass. I'm right. You <laughs> are so good at examples. Thank you so much.